Welcome back to San Halen. Let the tasty licks flow. San Halen featuring Mark Zander on guitar. Brian Hanley on more guitar. Even I'm playing guitar. And vocals too. San Halen on Chicago's home for rock. I mean sports. ESPN Chicago. And welcome in to ESPN 1000 Bears Packers on the frozen tundra of Soldier Field today. It's supposed to be 40 by kickoff. We'll see how frozen it is. Battle of the banged up quarterbacks, Justin Fields and Aaron Rodgers. Is he fallible? We'll, uh, we'll talk about it before we get out of here at 10 a.m. But I have to take you back to last week's show. Um, my buddy and partner, uh, Mark Zander, had just left uh, all of us with the bad taste of Mike Clevenger being the signature move of the White Sox uh, going into the winter meetings. And, and of course, he was right on it because when you can shop at everything's a dollar store, the Sox are interested. So why not go get a banged up pitcher? And I thought that was going to be, you know, the worst thing of the day that I had to digest. But after the show, Mr. Humble, Mr. Xander, Mr. Never Draw Attention to Himself, uh, informs me that um, I've finally done it. I've driven him out of sports talk radio and <laughs> back to classic rock because he is Xander Rocker. You follow him at Xander Rocker on Twitter at 1R um, in the middle there. And rock and roll is Mark's passion. But the you know he's a Chicago guy and sports is a passion of his too and as we found out these past three years on ESPN 1000 he's great at it and I welcome in Mark Zander because um, he informed me after the show that he's uh, heading off to Northern California because he's not going to take care of just one but two two count them two classic rock stations and uh, he's the man to do it but uh, Northern California's classic rock gain is certainly our loss. And I wasn't letting you sneak out of town, Mark, without yeah, a formal yeah, yeah. goodbye. You know, it's funny. You know, Brian, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. In music radio, and I've been doing this for so long, you never get goodbyes. I thought, you know, and I'm going to pull what we used to call a Houdini, right, at parties when you just yeah. kind of, instead yeah, of saying bye to everybody, you just kind of back out, slowly just kind of disappear. That's my move, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 are not, you are not having it, so uh, I, I appreciate it. I tweeted earlier. It's like, I think I'm about to be a guest on my own show. This is Well, you, you are. I really. We went to the expense of having the open, um, so we had to use it one more time. You know, because <laughs> right. we spent good money on that. Yeah, uh, my, my good buddy Joe McArdle, uh, in, in uh, the production guru at ESPN 1000, took the liberty to create that. It was just the, one of the better pieces of production I've ever heard in my life and, and certainly been able to uh, use it, and it's been fun. Brian, I've got to tell you, um, I, I've had a lot of fun talking sports in my hometown, uh, getting to meet you. I used to read you in the paper all the time and be able oh, to work side by side and have so much fun with you. No, seriously. And, and it's been a real, real treat. And, uh, you know, it, this is an opportunity that kind of came out of nowhere in a place that I just love. I don't love winter. I like to visit it and be able to drive out of it. <laughs> and uh, Northern California offers me that. It's uh, a great opportunity. So, so yeah, we yeah, took you, it and we're, we're already on the We're already here now. I know. You were you wasted no, no time on, on Tuesday. I'm like, hey, you, you know, we, we got to say goodbye to you properly. I mean, it's not like Jason Benetti's going to call in because you didn't piss him off like Fred did. 
So on Fred's final <laughs> no, show, no, no, I like Jason. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, you didn't make it known like what's up, Fred's canny. He's not, you know, he's not a fan. Jason, Jason tried to make nice on the final show. Just called in like any other caller. Hey, it's Jason from Chicago. Fred, can you can you like me on Twitter? Um, you were already in Wyoming on Tuesday. Now I've never been to Wyoming, but that's uh, that, that's the hitting the gas. And I know you're a car guy, but I, 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 yeah, this is all this has all been kind of working in the background. And like I said, I try to pull a Houdini, but uh, I am pleased that you will uh, you refuse to uh, have any of that. And I just want to say to all the listeners at ESPN One Thousand. I'm a rock guy, but thanks for accepting me into the sports world to be able to uh, talk sports with you about uh, the town and the sports teams we love, even though they don't give us a lot of reason to love them back oftentimes. I will be rooting from afar, and I, uh, and I hope everybody has an easy winter. But it's been, it's been a pleasure getting to know, like I said, you and working with Fred when I first got there, and, and Jesse and Sylvie and Waddle and all everybody at the station. I'm going to miss everybody. And Fred didn't give you one of his 49ers jerseys. So you said you're going to be rooting for the hometown teams from far. You're not, you're not getting out there and all of a sudden, you know, the Golden State Warriors, the Niners. I will, I will, I will take, this is Giants and 49ers country and I will take in a game or two, but probably I will time it when the Chicago teams come to town. And, and classic rock. And, and believe me, you know, on, on my satellite um, presets, you'll find quite a bit of that because, uh, you know, we're of a certain age and and by the way, uh, that stuff's going to hold up. It's it's held up forever, and it will hold up forever. So and it will continue. Yes, it will. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll take it back to when you first came in the doors at ESPN 1000. I don't know what you're expecting, but and now it's in the the rearview mirror. I know it's it's fresh, but what what did you think it was going to be, and what did it turn out to be for you? Well, you know, I, I, that's a that's a great question. That's a that's a newspaper reporter question, right there. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I think walking in, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I was intimidated because, uh, you know, there, there are some people, uh, everybody on that station, including yourself, I mean, you have a deep knowledge of sports, and I come from just a fan perspective. But I was pleased to find quite quickly that everybody just accepted that maybe I'm not the deep stats guy, but I am a fan, passionate fan guy and, and a, a bit of a meathead, a meathead fan guy as well. But I mean, we, we, we've got to wear it proudly. And it just turned out to be really um, a, such a great experience. I had no idea I would ever end up in sports radio in my career. And it's such a great, great experience to have had. And uh, I don't know, maybe someday I'll come back to it. But uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And, and uh, again, uh, intimidating at first, but I found out that you know, sports fans will accept you, um, especially when you are talking right along with them about the things that are good and the things that are bad. More bad than good, obviously. And, and look, you know, being a meathead sports fan, that, that, that's, you know, part of Chicago DNA, right? I mean, if you're born in the city, yeah, in this yeah. area, yeah, there's no other time, right? And, and as you put it out last week, all the teams in rebuilds, and you gave us the Mike Clevenger uh, news, and sure enough, it got done shortly thereafter. Um, we'll have Jesse on later today and a veteran move. I hope he's already in San Diego, given what the weather's been the last couple of days. Uh, you know, you get there, the meetings start today, but you should have got there Friday just to make sure that you, there are no delays. <laughs> you got to, you got to set everything up. Oh yeah. 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 If, if it was in North Dakota, maybe you get there an hour after it started, but if it's in San Diego, you get there two days beforehand. But, um, 
you know, your White Sox, that Clevenger thing, I was just shaking my head. I, I guess I was relieved that Cubs didn't go down uh, Clevenger lane. But, you know, who knows? It, it, it's, you know, I guess low risk, high reward. Um, but I think we're all potential, expecting, potential high yeah, reward. Potential. I mean, but we're all, you know, we're, we're the winter meetings start today. We're, I would think both sides of town are expecting some sort of splash, even though I know Rick Hahn has tempered and tamped down that expectation. And who knows what the Cubs are doing other than trying to buy a soccer team, by the way, world cup over yet. Did, uh, did, how did we do yesterday? Not so good. Yeah, not so good. Not yeah, so good. I, I didn't watch. I just saw the result. So I don't ever worry about it for another four years. Um, but your White Sox, uh, you know, Carlos Rodon's in play for the Dodgers. Uh, he's in play for, uh, I guess, the Giants may keep him. Uh, the Mets might make a, a play for him, the Yankees. I, I would hope the Cubs and or White Sox, I mean, they have to get one headline out of uh, – between the two teams, there better be something of, of note other than Mike Clevenger and, you know, a bunch of backups. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty frustrated with the White Sox. Look, we, we have been all year. But seeing that Rick Hahn has set the very, very low bar of what we should expect over the uh, winter meetings and, and over the offseason, it's, it's really going to be disappointing. I'm already disappointed it's not over yet. Now, Mike Clevenger <laughs> could, be, could be a level three selling and all of a sudden they do something surprising. Now, Going back to when Yasmani Grandal got signed, Ooh. we didn't really see that coming. Um, now, now when he got signed, we're, we were a lot more excited than we are right now. Agreed? Yeah, that, that was the scene of the crime now. That year that they got Keiko and uh, Yasmani, it was in San Diego as well, the last the 2019 winter meetings. And right, right. I know everyone wants upgraded catcher, but when you owe them another, what, 20, 20 million, 23 million, that's, no. that's a yeah, tough thing. It's not, not going to happen, right? No. no. But, but my point B is those were big splashes at that moment. They didn't turn out to be so great. So maybe there is a headline or two to come off. Uh, the winter meetings for the White Sox. Certainly, I hope for the Cubs because they seemingly, I know they're busy buying soccer teams, but they seemingly have enough money to do something. So either side of town, whether it's not wanting to spend the money like Jerry Reinsdorf on the south side or just, I, I don't know what, I, I buying soccer teams or, or whatever else they're into. If, if we have a disappointing offseason, for either side of town, I just don't think the fans are going to take it. No, <laughs> I, no. I mean, they definitely, and, and, and remember, and, and Brian, you and I have said this often, if your team does not, well, let's say this, if they disappoint you, watch from afar. Yep. Don't show up, don't buy the merchandise, send them a message. I mean, if there was a quicker way to send Jerry Reinsdorf a message, I think we would all be up for that. Yeah, say it with flowers. One eight hundred flowers. So no, no, just don't go. Don't go to the game. I mean, I I, I managed not to go to Wrigley. Send dead flowers. Year. Dead flowers. They're yeah, cheaper. They're, and they really send a good message. Uh, but, but I'll spring you because I know you got a ton of things to do. Um, first of all, we need to know the the call letters of the stations so we can uh, be following uh, Mark uh, Zander's uh, uh, classic rock uh, stations out okay. in Northern California. Well, what what are what where where's, where are you calling home these days? I I, I am uh, in Chico, California. Okay, this is ninety miles north of Sacramento, a cool college town. Um, it's it's really really nice here. I spent time in Southern California for a while, and it's definitely a different vibe up here. 
Um, so I will be based in Chico and I will be on uh, KTHU and I will be doing afternoons. That okay. is Thunder 100.7. And then I'll also be running our sister station, which is 70 miles north in Redding, California. Wow. And that is, yeah, yeah. So Xander, fun fact, uh, my great-great-grandfather was the mayor of Chico. Wow. Charlie no Bevins? Yeah. What, Earl, what's his last name? Earl what Bevins. Earl Bevins the first, I think. Great. I will look that up. This, is there a statue? Is there a statue in the town square? <laughs> I, d- I don't think so, but I know like he was involved in getting the, the airport open there, something like that. No kidding. No kidding. Wow, I know a Bevins. Wow, I didn't even know you were famous until now. And hey, Chico named after Ron Rivera. Um, no, I just made that up. <laughs> and, 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 and I will say for anybody... If you're paying attention, you may, you may know that Aaron Rodgers is from this town. And I've wow. seen a couple of murals, which is kind of like, please, this is following me. But I will say <laughs> after the devastation, after the devastating fires up here in 2017, Aaron, I, he donated close to a million dollars for uh, recovery efforts in the town of Paradise, which is up in the mountains just above Chico. So he has been very good to his hometown, even though he doesn't talk to his family here again. All right. So before we let you go, and again, I have to give you my heartfelt thanks for for putting up with me. Uh, And we have have had a lot of laughs in a very short period of time. Um, But the door is always going to be open if, you know, if you want to put on a stairway to heaven and call in, you you know, they'll give you 12 minutes to talk sports with us anytime you want to do that. But you brought up Aaron Rodgers, broken right thumb, rib injury, had to leave the game last week. Um, they, I never thought I'd see the Packers come in on a one and four roll, and, and of course the Bears are on five. But I guess if there's a time to get the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, today's the day. Even though the spread's four and a half points, uh, the Pack the on the road favorite by four and a half. So Vegas not exactly saying the Bears got a shot. Do the Bears have a shot, Mark Zander? I think that they have a shot. I'm not sure how good a shot that they have, but I'll tell you something. I'm more excited about the Packers on their losing streak than I am upset about the Bears because yeah. we've seen Justin perform, and and obviously we've seen him beat up, and this is kind of a, a sunk season, a sunk cost, if you will, for anybody out there that does, like, uh, you know, investing. You know, it's a sunk cost. I mean, this this whole season's gone. But to see Justin do what he's doing and to see Aaron fail and his team fail like they are, it's a good day. I, I think that they can eke it out. It's not going to be a blowout by any stretch of the means. But I would just like to see Aaron on his back more than he's on his feet. Well, Mark Zander, um, nothing but the best wishes from everyone here in Chicago and ever, everyone at ESPN 1000. And um, KTHU, the Charlie Bevins capital of California, Chico. Yeah. Um, the Thunder, yeah, Chico, California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. and the, then uh, I was going to say Red 103.1 is the other station I'm running up in Reading, and I'll be heard on the weekends there or whatever. But you know, yeah. there, are, there's apps for that or whatever. If anybody, yeah, for sure. Down that road, but uh, I'll be visiting and I will be in touch with you, Brian. All right, Mark. Uh, it's been nothing but a lot of laughs, a lot of insight, and uh, you went out calling Mike Clevenger because, again, you're spot on. Um, but we had to say so long and not goodbye so long. And um, we got to well, Now we have a reason to go to Northern California and get the hell out of the winter. And so I'm already Absolutely. done. With the Absolutely. Yeah. 
party in my place. Party in my oh. place. Thanks to everybody at ESPN. Love you all. And uh, thanks to everybody who's listened and uh, given me uh, some time to, uh, uh, you know, talk sports. And I appreciate it, Brian. Uh, all the best, buddy. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I, I look forward to listening from afar. Go Bears. Gonna miss you, Mark. Thanks, Thanks so much. Nothing but the best. That's Mark Zander. Uh, back to classic rock, his passion, and, um, you know, no one better than Mark. I mean, he's just a great guy, so humble, so knowledgeable, so passionate, and so glad he's been part of ESPN 1000 these past few years. Um, but we're going to get back to sports because it is Bears-Packers, and when we come back, we'll break down this game, and, and hey, Justin Fields. Sure looks like he's going to start today. He's banged up, of course, with a shoulder injury. We have Aaron Rodgers with a couple injuries. Um, we have a couple Twitter poll questions, one being, given the fact that the Bears have a chance to win today because Aaron Rodgers has been fallible, as the Packers have been pretty bad, awful this year, is it more important? Do you still Would you rather see the Bears win today, even if it costs them draft position? And right now, if the draft was held today, Going into these games, the Bears would be selecting number two overall in the next draft, which would be pretty good whether Ryan Pulse wanted to parlay that number two spot in a trade and get pick up more draft picks or go ahead and pick up a stud difference maker either side of the ball. But uh, that's one of our, our Twitter poll questions today. You can check it out at ESPN 1000 or at Brian Hanley 534. Um, or just, you know, it's the Packers. You got to beat the Packers. You want don't want to see Aaron Rodgers say, I own you. You want to actually rent to Aaron Rodgers for a day. Uh, we'll talk about 312-332-3776. Back after this on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Yeah, it's great. I mean, obviously, when you get your starting quarterback back, you know, and a guy that's electric like that and, you know, makes a lot of plays for our football team, uh, it's obviously a big boost in the arm, you know, to, to the whole football team. And guys are excited out there, not only the offensive guys, but the defense and special teams. Everybody's excited that he's out there moving around and being himself. And certainly missed him last week. Um, so, yeah, exciting. That's Bears coach Matt Eberflus talking about how the feel good in Dallas Hall because uh, Justin Fields is going to start today. And uh, just a week ago when uh, they are playing quarterback roulette, before the game on Sunday, uh, Trevor Simeon was going to start. Wait a minute, he injured his oblique in warm-ups. Here comes Nathan Peterman. And, uh, you know, Nathan hadn't played him forever. So what were the Bears going to do? Oh, hold on, Trevor Simeon is going to start. And he, here's a – so I looked at the total points last week, and, and uh, we're, uh, Mark and I were talking about that last week. Uh, the Bears have been averaging almost 30 points a game in, in the last four or five weeks, double the output – from the first five or six games of the season when the offense and in particular Justin Fields started hitting his stride literally uh, with Justin uh, running up and down the field. Uh, the Bears total last uh, week during our show uh, by FanDuel was 15 and a half points. And then when the Trevor Simeon oblique injury came, uh, came uh, out and, and it looked like he wasn't going to start and Peterman was going to be in, that dropped by two points in Vegas. The total was 13 and a half points. So I was just dumb enough to say, you know what? I think they, they can match 14 points. So I put a few bucks on the Bears over, and I was feeling pretty good about it when uh, Luke Getze and uh, Trevor Simeon looked like they were more than in sync in the first two drives of that game. 
and Trevor Simeon made it look easy driving up, uh, going up and down the field and, and getting the end zone and then a field goal. And they got 10 points within a blink of an eye. And of course, that's where the scoring ended. So all that said, here comes Justin Fields back today. And the uh, over-under for Bears points is uh, up appreciably to 20 and a half points uh, today. That's uh, over-under is 20 points, almost 21, because Justin Fields is back. And we'll see how much he can do, because he was full go in practice on Thursday and Friday, which means he's good to go today, and that may be a surprise to a lot of people. But maybe just as surprising or more, more surprising is that the Green Bay Packers come in uh, the Bears three and nine uh, as they host the four and eight Packers. Packers are one and four in their last five games, and the Bears, of course, have lost five in a row, eight of their last nine. Um, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, the Bears would be selecting number two overall in the draft if the draft was held today. Which a lot of people are keeping one eye on the uh, the the year is all about Justin Fields' development. So you're you're good you know good to go to see him back out there. Whether they win or lose today, I know some people still want to beat the Packers at all costs, but uh, a lot of people just want to see Justin Fields continue to develop. We'll see how much he can do that with the um, shoulder injury. But the the Bears and Packers defenses haven't been able to stop anybody. And uh, the Bears have allowed 34.6 points on average in their losing streak in the last five games, and they've allowed 378 yards on average, which is 28th in the NFL. Green Bay Packers defense actually worse. They've allowed 390.4 yards on average in their last five games when they've gone again one and four, and that is 30th in the National Football League. And again, you don't know what you're going to get with Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's going to be out there because they still have a minuscule chance to be a playoff team, uh, less than four percent, less than five percent by most uh, predictions. So until they're officially eliminated, I guess Aaron Rodgers is going to go. And I guess the question is that uh, how effective he will be and can he put together any kind of offense given that his defense is going to allow uh, hopefully a lot of Chicago Bears points today. Um, But Aaron Rodgers, he did, in in fact, own the Bears. In any games that he has started and finished against the Bears, he's 24-4 and in his career with a 108.2 passer rating and – it's unbelievable. Since 2011, the rivalry has been a rumor because when Aaron Rodgers is healthy and going, he's 21 and two against the the Chicago Bears. So, um, if the days here to to get the Green Bay Packers, this would seem seemingly be it. It would be the day that Aaron Rodgers comes in with a broken thumb and a rib injury, that again uh, got him out of the game last week. But he's going to try to give it a go today, and a defense that can't stop anybody. And so with Justin Fields back. Luke Getze is going to try to put together some sort of offensive game plan to um, see if they can't throw an upset and surprise the Green Bay Packers. I guess the question is 312-332-3776. Given that the, the Packers are limping in here and both quarterbacks are are banged up, if the Bears, in fact, beat the Green Bay Packers, is that satisfying? It's just win at all costs. It's still a rivalry, and you still want to beat the, the hated Green Bay Packers from the north? Or do you just kind of take solace in the – fact that Justin Fields is back out there and he's got hopefully the rest of the season he can stay healthy through today and uh, should continue to show development again Darnell Mooney is out with an ankle injury for the rest of the season uh, the Bears really got banged up last week will uh, will it be more about David Montgomery running the ball today or uh, or if Justin Fields is good to go 
does that mean he's going to be scrambling and, and maybe, you know, surprising the Packers uh, with a 30, 40, 50 yard run here and there? Um, we will see sooner than later. And of course, uh, Jeff and Dion will start the pregame show right here on ESPN 1000 at the top of the hour. Uh, but it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, a lot of people didn't watch last week. Uh, the Bears had the lowest TV ratings for them this season because of no Justin Fields and because of what was then a four game losing streak, now five in the books and losing eight of the last nine. Um, we'll uh, talk about that in a little bit. Come back to the Bears conversation, 312-332-3776. But on the other side of the break, the winter meetings in San Diego, a little hot stove baseball talk. Jesse Rogers will join us, and uh, we'll preview what uh, may or may not go down for the local heroes, the Chicago Cubs and Chicago White Sox. Uh, school of thought out there is that both teams need to make a big splash to reignite the interest on either side of town. Uh Will that, in fact, happen? We'll get Jesse's take on it right after this on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Welcome back in ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley here. You can uh, check us out at uh, on Twitter at ESPN 1000 at Brian Hanley 534. One of our Twitter poll questions today has to do with the winter meetings. Uh, which team is more likely to make a major move in San Diego at the winter meetings? So your Chicago Cubs or your Chicago White Sox? You can weigh in at ESPN 1000 or at Brian Hanley 534. And uh, weighing in right now is our guy, our baseball guru. He is the man. And I hope, Jesse, a veteran move would be to get to San Diego on, oh, I'd say Friday for winter meetings that start today. I hope, uh, <laughs> given the fact that, you know, it's 20 degrees and uh, a little chilly here today, I, I hope you're there already. No, I'm not. I'm leaving oh. today. I did not get the extra days of vacation time in San Diego because uh, it is a lot of standing around until like tomorrow. That's when it would really get going. So um, I don't need to be there till today. And that's when ESPN is saying, be there. Go today. Okay. Try the fish tacos. That's what I heard. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's let's get into it. Uh, we know that the White Sox have signed Mike Clevenger. Um, we know that Jed Hoyer is going to spend money intelligently. Anytime he's asked about it. I mean, I, again, if you're spending $2,000, I hope you spend it intelligently. If you're spending $200 million, I would hope so. Uh, I, I love this part of it because going into it, Every baseball guy out there has predictions and thoughts and opinions. First of all, the most broad question I can ask you is how active, how how big a uh, winter meetings might this be? Oh, it's definitely going to be active. I think, you know, DeGrom got the, got the start on things, yep. signing his big deal. There's going to be, there's plenty of money to go around. And here's, uh, we know that going in, right? It's sport generates a lot of money. It's back to pre-pandemic levels. I think close to 12 billion generated last year. It was like 10 or 11 pre-pandemic. So we're back to that. Plenty of money to go around. The, the most interesting point people, I don't, you know, the casual fan might not be thinking about is there are thankfully more teams in the hunt than ever, not just because of the third wild card. It's just, we're in a moment of time where a bunch of teams came out of their rebuilds, a bunch of teams are about to, a bunch of rich teams are willing to spend, even if they don't have a great record currently, like the Texas Rangers. We're just in a moment where there's a lot of competition for players, starting with those 12 playoff teams that made the the postseason last year, all good teams. We don't have a lot of flukes right now. 
Now, it also means there's a bunch of teams that have a long way to go. The Pirates and the Reds and, and those sort of teams, the Oakland A's, they're, they're out of the mix. There's a few that are out of the mix. We know that. But there's a large amount, a more than usual in my mind, that are willing to spend. The Texas Rangers are a great example of that. Most, if not all, of the playoff teams from last year are an example. Maybe not so much the Rays, but then again, we see the Rays spend a few dollars on Zach Eflin. So the competition is fierce for these players. The prices are going to go up. It should be wild. It won't just end next Thursday when the meetings end, Brian. It's going to continue on in this in this postseason. Ask me which day someone's going to be signing. I have no idea. No one saw DeGrom coming that day. Uh, the inkling is that Judge is probably closer than not to signing. Same thing in my mind with Justin Verlander. After that, it's it's anyone's guess. But it, I think it will get to be wild at some point here during the week. You know, and I see Justin Verlander. And first of all, it looks. I mean, Judge looks like it's it's a two team race with the Giants a distant second, and he's going back to the Bronx side. Would you be surprised if anything else happens there? No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, there's always the Dodgers lurking. I talked to some executives earlier in the week, and you know they're they're sort of waiting in the wings. They can do that with any player, so you never count them out. But I think it's the Yankees and 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 the Giants. I mean, everyone thinks the Giants are going to spend. It's just where that heat-seeking missile of their dollars is going to end up, right? If it's not Judge, it's probably going to end up on his short in a shortstop's pocket, and maybe more than one guy. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I some uh, friends of mine asked me like. Well, if the Giants sign Judge, they're probably out on everyone else. I'm like, well, I don't know. If you're selling Judge on a winner, uh, you can't just be him, right? Yeah, the Cubs are right. in sort of the same spot. I mean, you, but then again, if you're trying to build over years, it might be Judge this year and someone else next year. But my point is just because you spend on one doesn't mean you're done. If anything, you're going to probably spend on more because you've lured that guy by promising him a team around him. So there's there's so many layers to all this, Brian. It's That's why it's fascinating and fun to see it all go down. I think Judge is going back to the Yankees. But let me make a bigger point about free agents and their old teams. And I think this is very important, and, and you've covered this sort of stuff. You know, now we're getting deep into the offseason, right? Swanson and the Braves, Bogarts and the Red Sox, Judge and the Yankees. What do those teams have to sell those players on besides just a big contract, obviously? Like the Braves don't need to wine and dine Swanson and take him around Atlanta and show him the sights, right? He's from there, for God's sakes, and he's been there a while. The Cubs, for example, or another, they're showing him the kind of love every free agent wants. The old team is starting to feel like the old, uh, just say, significant other, you know, and like, oh, do I want to go back there? I want to go to the shiny new object that's wooing me and selling me on being the leader, for example, with the Cubs and, and Swanson, I'm sure. You're going to be the face. You're going to be our leader. Here's a big paycheck. Here's what Wrigley Field. Come here. We'll show you. the. My, we have a realtor that's going to show you around. So the longer this goes, the more those old, old teams, I think, get a little nervous. And, yes, so I would not be shocked. After Freddie Freeman leaves Atlanta, I would not be shocked if Judge left or if Swanson left or Bogarts left. Once in a while, you get the guy to f- come back. JT Romuto did that with Philadelphia. Guys do return. Verlander returned to Houston. But at this point, I think all bets are off, Brian. Uh, anything can happen, though I still give Judge and the Yankees sort of, you know, that, that, that leg up because he is an iconic Yankee figure and to see him leave would still be somewhat surprising. Well, you mentioned Swanson, so, you know, let's stay on the north side of town. I love, you know, everyone's connecting dots that may or may not be there that I saw John Heyman point, you know, point out that Mallory Pugh, his wife, uh, is going to play for the Chicago Red Stars. Does that 
you know, what does that do in the equation of the Cubs being his landing spot? Um, the, the the Braves balked at $140 million or didn't counter. I, I, are they just waiting to, to get one, you know, get the final offer in? Uh, I'm, I'm glad the Cubs are in on one of the, the four because it seemed like it was Carlos Correa earlier on months ago. And now it seems like it's twins and giants there. Uh, how do you handicap the shortstop coming, uh, one of those four shortstops landing at Wrigley Field? All right, let me start with this. That is a process that is not in the later, latter stages. Of, you know, you saw DeGrom sign, Judge might sign soon. Those shortstops are still kind of in the middle of it. So handicapping it with a caveat, if this was towards the end, it'd be a little bit easier. Now, having said that, I'll just give you my view and my reporting. Um, up until about a week ago, I was doubtful the Cubs could get in on one of them. I never liked the idea of Correa. Not that I don't like Correa. I, you know, uh, for some reasons. I mean, the guy switched agents a year ago. He's looking for max, max money. By definition, intelligent spending doesn't equate to max money for any free agent, right? I right. just don't think they're in the max money category of spending in, in terms of the Chicago Cubs. Now, in the last week, I started reporting more on Swanson. I was on MLB Network on Tuesday. I was on with Carmen on Friday. And then I'll repeat it here with you today. I think there's, there's a lot of smoke around Swanson. I think he's going to have a very tough decision to make. I think the Cubs are in the mix as much as anyone else. Again, a month or two ago, I wasn't sure if they would, if they would be, but Swanson makes the most sense. It will be a little bit cheaper. He would be the immediate leader and face of that franchise, probably along with Nico Horner, and it wouldn't be a bad sign-up at all. Had a first gold glove season last year, has had basically you know a sort of an emergence offensively the last two years. He doesn't necessarily have the upside offensively, those, a couple of those other guys. He also won't cost as much. So they're in the mix, and I think Swanson's going to have a tough decision um, leaving his hometown team. I mentioned the, the fiancé as, as a, playing soccer here months ago. I don't think it's a big factor. I don't think it's a big factor. Maybe you could call it a factor, but in my reporting, I haven't heard that that's going to be the thing that changes everything. It, it, it's, it's how he gets wooed at this point. It's like that's what I'm going back to. Like mm-hmm. I think the Cubs and a couple other teams are really making him feel loved, and the Braves are like, all right, we're going to give you 130, 120, whatever it is, and come on back. we got a good team, you know, where – other teams are really selling him on it, including the Cubs. So it's really interesting to see this process play out. I think the longer it goes on, the less likely he does return to Atlanta. But we, and the other thing is we saw Atlanta isn't necessarily going to go max money. They didn't do it with Freddie Freeman. Why would they do it with Dansby Swanson necessarily? Of course, different players, different positions, you never know. But I think him leaving Atlanta is up to 50-50 at this point, and the Cubs getting him is in that same range. It's in All that right, same so- range. So, you know, Rick Hahn is, is, you know, basically tamped down the idea that they're going to be big spenders or any spenders, and it, it would come through trade uh, to upgrade the roster in the offseason. Um, I don't know. That could be gamesmanship. I know, uh, you know, people are saying you, you should be out there and you should be aggressive, and you can't just say, well, we'll be healthy next year and not and tinker around the edges. You've been on top of this from beginning of last season. Is there an outfielder with power that makes sense for them? I mean, is, it, could they make a big splash and, and trade a Tim Anderson? I mean, is everything on the table or is nothing on the table? No, I think it's closer to everything than nothing. I mean, it, if you're not going to spend, I, I said this to Carmen on Friday, use the word creative, Brian, right? We use the word creative 
when you don't have money to spend. They got to get creative, right? Well, that, that means they can't just hand $300 million to, to Aaron Judge. Um, I think he's exploring all that. At the end of the day, none of it might work. But I think he's exploring all of it much more than a year ago. Like a year ago, he wasn't wondering what they could get for Tim Anderson or Liam Hendricks or, you know, maybe Lucas Giolito in the back of his mind was always going to be a trade option because I don't think they're signing him up long term here. And I don't think he's signing up. I think he's going to go to free agency. And maybe this is the year to, to actually have Lucas Giolito because I think he's he, he, he will go to free agency. And, and this is his walk year. Yeah, he's motivated. Yeah, I think it's, again, between all or nothing. I think it's all on the table rather than nothing's on the table. They might end up running it all back and crossing their fingers. They created new position for strength and conditioning and all yeah. this stuff. And they Health have a new sciences manager. or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I just wish they had a little bit more monetary flexibility to add, to, to change the dynamic. If you, if you trade Liam Hendricks for a haul, sign another guy, maybe not as good as Liam, but I'm not sure they have that. In the cards, they they spent twelve thirteen on Clevenger. I, I think it's good to, you know, have a pitcher in the back of your pocket. We could debate how good he is right now. He's got to get back to full health. Yeah. Um. So I think I think he's going to be as creative as he can. It, it might end up with nothing, or he may end up with something big. I will say on the north side, I do think they're going to fill some holes in, in the next week or so. They'll they'll get that center fielder or first baseman they want, or maybe a catcher. There's and certainly pitching. I mean, there's so many guys they would like to bring in and sign to, to fill some holes and then maybe wait out the shortstop position. And I'll say this, if they get enough, uh, you know, if they, if they make an, if they, if they're active enough, maybe that shows Swanson, Hey, this team is kind of serious. I will say at the beginning, I thought none of those shortstops would be as interested as you might want to come here because they're not ready to win in 23, but you have to remember these are long contracts. They'll sign. If you can show them a vision that comes together as soon as, let's say, 24. I think even a guy like Swanson, who's a dead-on, wants-to-win kind of player, you can sell him on a longer-term vision, especially if he's signing a six- or seven-year deal. So winning in 23, Brian, isn't as necessary as maybe I thought a couple months ago in talking to people around the league. Well, a couple other things at the meetings, and we'll let you go so you can pack for the uh, <laughs> the nice stay in San Diego and get ready to stand around the lobby. Um, First-ever lottery to determine the draft order, so – you're telling me there's a chance the Cubs or Sox could be to- tops overall, but you mentioned the Reds and the, the Pirates, and, and they're more likely to be that team. So you have that going on for the first time. And yet here's another committee that's going to weigh in on the Hall of Fame. We'll have an announcement uh, tonight, yeah, 7 o'clock Chicago time. Albert Bell, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Don Mattingly, Fred McGriff, Dale Murphy, Rafael Palmero, and Kurt Schilling. It's the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's the... Uh, contemporary era committee and some familiar Chicago names, including Theo Epstein and Greg Maddox and Ryan Sandberg and Lee Smith, Frank Thomas. Uh, um, interesting group of uh, people selecting. Um, boy, it's I don't know how many committees you can put together to try to put people in the hall, but it looks like the Baseball Writers Association may not put anybody in the hall this year. Who do you think makes it, uh, if, if anybody, from this committee? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, let's talk about that committee because I actually have a vote this year for the first time for the other one, and you know you're not supposed to reveal your votes and all that right. stuff. And I'm just starting to go through it. it, it, it it's due uh, by the end of the, this month, by the end of the year. So let's talk about the con- contemporary vote. I'm kind of with you. Why do we just keep adding these committees? You, you know, you had your chance to get in. They didn't get in. Now we're going to go to your peers. Basically, the 16 voters. I think 12 have to vote. You have to end up on 12 yes votes to get in. I believe that's the number. A lot of 
supposed hardliners, I think, on that crew, starting with Frank Thomas. When I say hardliners, I mean anti-steroid guys. In any case, this is just my own gut kind of thing. I think Fred McGriff gets in, and I actually think Kurt Schilling has a really good chance of getting in. I don't think those steroid guys get in, partly because of the makeup of the committee. Um, I think Greg Maddox might be a guy that could vote the steroid. He's not as you know, harsh on his stance on it, but certainly Frank is. I think Rhino is. Any of those sure. older school guys are probably going to vote no. I'm not exactly sure how executives like Theo are going to vote. I mean, Theo had, you know, he sure. had probably some steroid guys on his team, yeah. and, and um, you know, David Ortiz got in with rumors. You know, so he might vote either way. But, yes, Schilling is a guy that helped him win, to win a World Series. I could see Theo voting for Schilling, and I could see those other guys not caring about Schilling's politics. So I think McGriff – and Schilling get in at most. I don't think anyone else does. That That's my personal opinion without really a lot of reporting on it. I'm with you, Jess. Hey, uh, enjoy the uh, the winter meetings. They're always fun, and you'll be on top of it, and you'll be delivering all the info as it, it breaks, and you'll be breaking the stories too right here on ESPN 1000. So enjoy, and thanks for hopping on today. Really appreciate it. You got it, Brian. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you later. See thanks. You. Jesse Rogers, our baseball man here at ESPN 1000, coming back after this. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Yeah, exactly. It was great. It's a great question. And, you know, it, what it is, it's just, you know, progress. You know, when you mobility and strength, you know, and then with the with the medical staff, you know, they look at him. He's, he's gaining mobility, strength. He feels more confident and it goes from limited to full. And that's what happened. Um, and he feels good. I uh, had a good practice again today, so we're excited about where he is. That's Bears head coach Matt Eberflus talking about what changed on the prognosis of Justin Fields. Middle of the week, Wednesday, it was wait and see and limited in practice. And Thursday, he uh, went full. And Friday, he was able to go full again. And he'll be out there today as the Bears host the Packers. Uh, Bears four-and-a-half-point underdogs at Soldier Field. They're excited that Justin Fields is going to be back out there. We'll be able to uh, watch that and see how limited, if at all, that Justin Fields is. Interesting that, um, again, both defenses are not stopping anybody or anything, and the total on that game is 44.5 points. And um, both Aaron Rodgers, who comes in scuffling big time, not only with the injury, but he's already thrown nine interceptions in 12 games this year. And in an entire season, the most he's thrown since 2010 was 11 interceptions. So the Bears don't take the ball away from anybody, but maybe they have a shot to do so against a banged-up Aaron Rodgers today. Um, Will Justin Fields be able to run around and and do what he's been doing uh, before he got hurt? Because that's what was wowing everybody and getting people excited that Luke Getze had found ways to utilize Justin Fields' great ability to to run and uh, run out of uh, design and and plays that were actually made up for him rather than scrambling for his life. But maybe it's a, a full uh, slate of David Montgomery getting handoffs today. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what Justin Fields has. Uh, again, Aaron Rodgers comes in with a 92.9 passer rating uh, because he has been uh, scuffling quite a bit, just a lot, as well as the Packers have been. But overall against the Bears, he has a 108.2 career passer rating. So he has, in fact, owned the Bears. Hopefully he doesn't own the Bears today or even rent them. Uh, but we'll find out. Jeff Meller and Dion Miller will be here in just a couple of minutes to uh, 
bring you right up to the game with the pregame show here on ESPN 1000. It'll really break it down for you as they do in great style each and every week. Uh, we had a couple couple Twitter poll questions, one including uh, the Bears. Uh, would you rather see the Bears win today, even though it might cost them draft position? Some people speculate three, four, or five positions. Uh, right now they'd be selecting second overall in the NFL. Uh, Ryan Poles could use the, the best draft pick he can get to either use it or trade it. Charlie Bevins, what'd that look like? Yeah, the people want the Bears to continue the tank. They have 57% yes to lose to the uh, – or excuse me, I best read that. They want the Bears to beat the Packers, no, beat even the if Packers. it costs them oh, draft yeah. position. Beat, beat Aaron Rodgers. Who cares about the yeah. draft? And and Bears have lost five in a row, eight of nine. And some, you know, that, that if you could win today, I think everyone in House Hall would uh, not only be happy that Justin Fields is back, but they would be celebrating big time if they to finally end up on the right side of the rivalry. Our other question had to do with the uh, winter meetings. Uh, which team is more likely to make a major move in San Diego? We just talked to Jesse Rogers and got his take on it. Uh, how'd that look for our fans of ESPN 1000 and baseball? Yeah, 80% of people think the Cubs are more likely to make a major move as opposed to 20% who think the White Sox after some of the uh, some of the quotes from Rick Hahn over the last couple of weeks. I can't say that's particularly surprising. Well, maybe Rick's just a uh, poker face on. We'll find out soon enough. The meetings start in earnest uh, tomorrow, but they'll be out there today as well. They'll be, uh, we'll see. We'll see if Justin... Or uh, Aaron Judge's signing is imminent, and that gets the dominoes to start to fall. Uh, we're going to make way for the Bears for the uh, for the, the football pregame show here on ESPN 1000 with Jeff and Dion, and uh, we will talk to you soon enough. Uh, join them in the conversation three one two three three two three seven seven six. Thanks to Charlie Bevins for his great work producing today, and uh, enjoy the game right here on ESPN 1000.